welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. I think it's fair to say a lot has happened since we were last on the pod. Um, apologies, obviously a few people have been getting in contact with the pod to ask where the hell we've been. I've actually been on well for the last week, so um, I've actually this is the first time I've had my voice back, which some people will uh, like, not, some people won't. You're not I'm happy. Not but we're it. back, Tom. Tom, first of all, I ask you every week how you are. I'm sure the last week has not been fun. But the, the, the fallen performance did not help my illness either. That was probably my worst day in, in so many aspects. But, um, yeah, how are you, mate? You good? Yeah, well, true to the Christmas season. Someone's just exploded in your flat, so... Yeah, I know. That was a bit like, what the hell was that? I don't know what that was, but we'll worry about it in half an hour. So. Um, yeah, no, all good, all good. My flat's about to set on fire, and it's almost Christmas. But it is Boris, almost Christmas. Boris continue to, uh, to you know, keep keep themselves front of mind for, for many Damn. reasons. Dampen the festive cheer, let's say. Yeah, look, we'll let, let's get into it. We're, we're going to spend a we're going to do a shortened pod in comparison to normal because obviously we're recording this just just slightly close to. And you're obviously worried about your flat, but we're uh, we're recording this slightly close now to the Spurs game. There's been a lot, obviously, that's gone off in the last week, so we're going to do a, an abridged version, kind of give our thoughts on on the current uh, situation with regards to Steve Cooper, and then we'll look ahead to Spurs on on Friday night. Um, where do we start then, really? I mean, how do you summarise the last week, the last seven days since Fulham away? Um, it's not really what we anticipated after in our post-Everson pod, was it? it we, we talked about it being two huge games for Forest. I actually was quite optimistic coming into these games, albeit off the back of, of two home defeats. I actually felt Forest were, would give a good account of themselves on the road. Um, I was fairly wrong. I think it's uh, it's not fair to say it's definitely correct. So, how do you um, how do you assess the last week? It's been a, a topsy turvy week. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly disappointing. I mean, I know that. I mean, that's I suppose that's obvious. But we've I think the results before where we'd lost at home to Brighton, and I almost feel like you know we beat Villa, we went away to West Ham, we were winning two one, we lost the game, but we came away thinking we dropped points, but. You know, still the performance was was there, and 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 we almost got a win, and and should have should have kept the win. You you then obviously um, come back home, and it's it's a disappointing result, and um, and then a disappointing result against Everton. And I suppose after that, you're looking at the the set of fixtures that Forest had, which the next two after that were obviously Fulham and Wolves. And you go, albeit there on the road, you know this swings the pendulum one way or another and the pendulum's gone extreme one way especially yeah. after that Fulham game anyway um, I'm sure we'll come on to, to Wolves but you know extreme one way after, after that Fulham game and and you know there's loads of opinions on it because emotions are high for not just the fact that that Forest maybe aren't you know Doing as well as, as some people expected. There's multiple views out there on where Forest should be and X, Y, Z. But obviously the the emotions hide more around the, the manager than anything. And um, yeah, I, I just think after that, it was, you know, all, all hell broke loose. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's pretty much since we went 2-1 down at West Ham, everything seems to the wheels of, of, of well and truly fallen off, haven't they? Let's be honest. It's um, It's... it's... 
we wanted to see some sort of reaction. We were, we said on the pod we were really concerned about the Everton performance. That was the first time we said last week, wasn't it, that we come away from a match having lost, and you and you really felt that there was nothing there to get excited about. There was nothing there to hang your hat on. There was no progress. There was no positive signs to to even just kind of console yourself with. I think what we wanted was obviously a big performance and, and, and to follow that up at Fulham and, and go out there and show and showcase how good Forest are and, and obviously try and turn that form around, but more so try and turn that away form around, which continues to be what performances, well, prize of Fulham had been improved this season. They're still not picking up the points on the road. So it was a big opportunity. It was a run of games as well, let's be honest, when we came into this period. We talked about having the two home games in Brighton and Everton, then obviously following that up with two away games at Fulham and Wolves and then finishing off pre-Christmas, Spurs and Bournemouth. We talked about how important this run of games have been and and Forest have lost three of those four that they've played so far and it they find themselves in a, in, in a lot of trouble now and I suppose that's kind of reflects on where we are and, and some of the conversations that are happening you know, with fans is the fact that I said after Everton, we're in danger here of sleepwalking into trouble. I, I don't think we're sleepwalking anymore. I think we are running right into it, and we are we're in it. We're in a relegation battle. Whether whether people like that or not, Forest as it stands are in a relegation battle because of the run of form that they're on. Now, what I would say is. Maybe my expectations of, you know, 10 to 14th, and obviously I've kind of revised that back down a little bit, but maybe those expectations might now be a little bit high. I still think Forest, though, have got it within them to go on a run and get themselves out of trouble. They've got themselves into trouble quite quickly. They can get themselves out of trouble quite quickly as well. I personally think they are underperforming, but the alarm bells were well and truly set. If we were worried after Everton, we were... We were, we were oh, Horrified, I suppose, if you like, after Fulham. Because I don't think anyone really saw that Fulham performance coming this season, did they? Because whilst Forest have been on this poor run of form, they were losing games by the odd goal, which up until the Everton performance, we were kind of saying it's the rub of the green, the mistakes that they're making, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. We've seen it time and time again. Fulham was just an all-round car crash, wasn't it? In terms of, I actually thought Forest started okay for the first 20 minutes, uh, 25 minutes. But as soon as the first goal went in, that was it. It was it was pandemonium, and and Forest were were second best all over the park. And everyone was, you know, people were saying on Amazon Sport, weren't they, during the game that it's the most one-sided Premier League game that they've they've seen. Probably should have watched Fulham West Ham as well, actually, though, at the weekend. They obviously did another five on, on, on West Ham. So maybe we just found Fulham in a, in, in a purple patch and Forrest were on the receiving end of that. But there was nothing to like at all. If we, did, if we thought Everton was bad, there was zero to like about that Fulham performance, wasn't there? No, yeah, and, and, and you're right in that, um, <clears throat> yeah, probably no one expected that kind of result because last season we did have games where we got absolutely tonked and... and we probably expected it a little bit more because it was our first season back. You know, this season, it's not that it's our second season. I think just the way that we've put ourselves about in certain games and, you know, looked a bit more streetwise, more towards the start of the season, it has meant that you probably wouldn't have ever expected a 5-0, certainly against a team that, in my eyes, yes, they've just beat us 5-0, yes, they've just beat West Ham 5-0. People go, well, they're obviously a good side. Well, Probably their confidence was sky high after beating us 5-0 and, and the West Ham result, you know, 
follow suit in a way because they're you know they're on cloud nine. So I don't read too much into that. I still don't think Fulham are a great side in this league. People go, well, they did all right last season. A lot's changed at Fulham. So I, I still don't think they're a good side. Forest definitely should not be going there, losing 5-0 regardless of what your expectations are for the season, regardless of what you think of the manager, regardless of what you think of the players. You should not be going to Graven Cottage and losing 5-0 in this Premier League season. That that was an atrocious No, result. agree. Agree. Um, and, and, you know, like with Forest, I, I almost feel like the 5-0 came as a surprise because... Fans think we've become a bit more consistent. Well, one thing I would say is Forest have become, you know, consistently a little bit drab in the start of the season. I've personally said before that I'm disappointed about the the results that Forest have had, and I think that's continued throughout most of the season after probably Chelsea. Um, in many respects, because I think there was even games where Forest got got a point, and and, and I think they should have got a bit more. Um. Whereas last season we had phases where they went through really good, you know, result after result, and then they went through a horrible phase where they where they got tonked, you know, a few times in a row, or they lost, you know, a handful of games in a row, or whatever it is. We've not seen that this season, so it feels different because the way that it's played out is different. I think Forest have had their easiest set of fixtures within this first half of the season, and that's what concerns me more than anything because you've played most of the hard teams away and you've played most of your let's say not to be disrespectful but most of the teams you would you know put your uh, percentage of potentially winning the game you've had most mm. of those at home yeah um, that's what concerns me more more than anything if yeah. I'm honest so I think you know fans will look at it because because the press created a bit of a a hype after that Fulham game, and and um, and naturally, obviously, after a five 0 result, there will be a bit of a uh, an anger or, or, or a reaction to it. But you know, if fans were honest, a lot of people were not pressing the panic button on on the manager, which obviously we're going to come on about necessarily. But there definitely was a feeling of something needs to change, and it needs to change immediately because the five nil was a. It, it was, you know, I'm not saying it was coming, but it was a representation of actually there's been something bubbling underneath, in my yeah. opinion, because the results weren't good before that, even if they were just by a goal. It's a lacklustre. It was a lacklustre nature of the performance, wasn't it? Ultimately, which which kind of just goes back and really hammers home the point I was trying to make last week, where we said Forest asleep walking into trouble. I, I, and I talked then about whether that's players, supporters, whatever, just having this feeling that you know, almost a sense of not entitlement, but that that Forest are going to be okay no matter what this year because the three teams at the bottom are so bad. Well. Oh, we watched a lot of those games last week with the bottom three and they are fighting for every single point and, and you're not sensing that from this Forest team. And if Forest don't pick up you know, pick up their ideas and fast, then Forest will be in a lot of trouble this season. And I think you're right. The the thing that was worried you know, that worried me more than anything about that Fulham performance was just the the nature of how easy the goals came about for Fulham. It was too it was far too easy. It was sloppy. They, they, you know, we, we've said on this pod last few weeks about Forest not picking up players, not not winning second balls. It was all of that. It if was you were awful. someone from a different planet that somehow knew about football as well, and <laughs> uh, you switched that game on on a midweek, you'd think that was a cup game, and you would think yeah. Fulham were a Premier League team. Obviously, they are, but you would think Forest were from, not to be really harsh, League One. 
Yeah, he was that type of performance. He, he was that type of performance. It was it was men against boys, and I think that was the real concern because, as you said, Fulham are a team that uh, you know. I'm not going to go into Fulham too much because this is a Forest podcast, but. Fulham are a mid-table side, right? They're, they are a mid-table side, but they were flirting as, as we were oh, around those lower that. lower regions, potentially. But that's even worse, right? This is what <laughs> I was going to go on and say. It's, it's You can't be going and losing 5-0 to a team that you see yourself competing with in that kind of middle part of the table. And that, that was the first thing. That combined with the Everton performance was, was a time where you've kind of gone, well, Hang on a minute. It's not right here, is it? And, that's, and you, that's the it, thing, you know, like we can't talk about the five nil. The thing is, I was in isolation. Thinking, yeah. yeah, I was, I was sat there thinking, then yeah, five nils happen. Yeah, in a bad way. Obviously, you shouldn't accept them, and you shouldn't go, oh yeah, five nil, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, we'll be back next week, whatever. You know, five nils are awful, and it has to be looked at and reviewed as to why five nil happened. But five nils can happen. You know, even against the teams that you don't expect, you know, five nils can happen. But it's not in isolation it because regardless of what you maybe there's a different opinion on the games to to me, but the results haven't been good that's that's fact you know or or you know haven't been to to, to where I would want them to be yeah exactly um but you know i I don't think the performances leading up to that were were good no. I think I said on the last pod it's the first time I've been a little bit scratching at the head. Uh, for a while, you know, probably for the last couple of years in terms of, you know, something needs to change, but nothing's changing. And change needed to happen for that Fulham game and, and nothing was. And I think Forrest got punished for that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they are in that cycle now, which is we'll come on to in a minute, where it, it just feels like we're in a bit of a groundhog day moment. I think... We feared for Steve Cooper, didn't we, after after the Fulham performance? Because we knew there was a lot of pressure post-Everton coming on to the manager. 5-0, you know, isn't going to do anyone any favours. The owner's storming out 20 minutes to go. I think the fans got the, you know, you, you got the impression from the fans that were there at Fulham on Wednesday night that they thought it was Steve Cooper's time as far as managers coming to an end. He got a great reception from the supporters, obviously saying his name for 25 minutes, which I think was more of an appreciation than anything, more so than trying to save a manager this time around. But I think we all felt, feared the worst that come Thursday morning, Steve Cooper was going to be out of a job. He gets the owners back in and he gets given Wolves. Um, do you think that was more down to timing, more than anything in terms of obviously Wolves coming quite quickly, just two days after Fulham? And, or, or whether... You, you actually think that the owner is in a bit of a, a, a in two minds at the moment because it kind of lands to where we are now, right? Because he gets given Wolves. We can talk about the approach at Wolves, but Steve Cooper then you know picks a side at Wolves, which is I would say streetwise might not be the right word, but it, it's a it's a it's a yeah work rate high work rate team that he could trust that he picks at Wolves and he gets a point. And I think everyone on Saturday was even, you know, fans walking into that one thought that Cooper would be gone no matter what. And that was kind of set up as that, as again, a kind of almost like a last stand and a, and a, and a last game. And the fans gave him a, a round of applause and a, an appreciation. But I feels like we're in this constant loop and we're not quite sure where the owner stands. We were convinced he was going to sack the manager. Now we're in this position where we're not quite sure. And it's just, we're just like, we're just on this perpetual cycle, if you like. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Wolves came so quickly, I think, helped because, you know, 
you leave yourself. You basically, I know things can change. We, we saw it when Stephen Reed came in after Hewton, and sometimes getting your caretaker in can do can do wonders. Obviously, he did a fantastic job against Huddersfield away, but I do think most of the time you're probably accepting that you're going to go through a period of of rubbish results, or you know things are going to be very unstable. And I think in such quick you know, quick time to that next match, you'd be accepting defeat, really. I also think he gets it because he deserves it over the, you know, the time in terms of of, of what he's done. I think I said on the last pod that, you know, I've always tried to look at it from, from, I think everyone is trying to look at it from both angles, but I'm very, you're going to say sitting on the fence, but I'm in the middle. If I, yeah. you know, if I'm being honest, um, and you know, I said the one thing with Cooper is that I think he could have the next couple of games. The problem he's got is Bournemouth have somehow shut up and got surprising results, oh, and some of the other teams have got surprising results, which hadn't helped the, the circumstance as well. But I've always felt he could have the next few games, and then look, if you get to the next few games and things haven't improved, then you leave yourself yeah. thinking you have to anyway. But you know, so I think that helps. I think you know, and and, and thirdly, the fans. Let's all face it. That that's that's number one because the fan backing of him is incredibly good, and I'm so glad our fans back the manager. And it's so refreshing to see it in modern day football. I have a slight concern that it's getting to a point where it could cause more damage than good if it gets toxic after he gets sacked, and then people just kind of want don't want the new manager to do badly if 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 that is what happens. But you know he isn't going to get the support. You know, there's murmurs that maybe that that would put put a new manager off because, um, you know, could you imagine you lose your first couple of games and people go, well, what was the point of that? Like, get Cooper back. We've seen it before. So, you know, I have an opinion that it's great that we are backing him and, you know, the backing should be used as a, a, you know, a spurring on to get better results, keep him and have stability at the club. And that is what people are wanting from it. We just have to be careful it doesn't, drop over to the other side, which is what I think mm. we're close to. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned there in terms of the team he picked at Wolves in terms of obviously picking, you know, you went for, what? how did you word it? You went for... Um, streetwise. It was a very, it was, it was a, a high intensity in terms of... He picked his mates. He picked yeah. his mates. He picked people he could trust. Um, yeah. Now, my concern with that is some people go, yeah, play him again. You know, if... if you know, they're, they're going to be the ones that try playing again. Now, you can't play that team every single week, in my opinion. Look, some people will have different opinions. You cannot play that team every single week and expect that results are going to improve. And Cooper can't expect that results are going to count. Like, I know they got a point at Wolves. I personally don't think that's a great point anyway. And I wasn't that impressed with the performance. But other people, well, you've got obviously... Well, my next question, so... <laughs> it's, it's stopped to rot. You know, yeah. so, so that was good, and, and that was that's what was important at that time. But you can't then carry on to pick that team every week. So you know, if you're putting a statement out like that, I'm going to pick you because I trust you. You know, is he going to be able to just reverse it back? What are some of the other players thinking? Some of the fans won't care about that. Fair enough, but you cannot pick that team every week and expect that the results are going to improve to the point that Steve Cooper is going to stay. So something's got to give. Wow, there's so much to unpack in terms of what you just said there. Let's start off with that Wolves team. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, he was always, I think there was an expectation going into the weekend that it was, as I said before, it was Cooper's last stand. So he was going to pick his pals, right, is the way you kind of put it. And I, I agree with that. He was going to go back to a tried and trusted because 
if anything, he wanted to, if it was going to be his last game, he wanted to go out with a damn sight better performance than what some of those players put in for him on Wednesday night away at Fulham. And I think he got that. And I think the team he picked, you know, I don't think it's a surprise that Nico Williams was down that right-hand side. I think we were perhaps a little surprised that, that Koyate was was involved. But again, we know what he got out of Koyate at times last season. And, and obviously Gibbs-White comes back in and, 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 and you, you just got that feel that that was the way that Steve Cooper was going to go. I, I think it worked to a point. Obviously, it worked to very much a point because that's what we got. We, we were probably actually lucky not to win the game if, if Harry Toffolo... Uh, bags that header from about three yards out, then Forrest get three points. And it's a very good afternoon. But it was a good point in the fact that, as you said, it stopped the rot. Forrest had to stop the rot with Spurs coming up this week. It wouldn't have been great. I mean, I don't think Steve Cooper would have survived a defeat, put it that way. So he had to, to stop the rot. But I do agree with you. Can he pick that side consistently now over the next three or four weeks and, and hope that results drastically improve? Absolutely not. Because... He he did this last season where he got to a point post Leicester where he had to go back to basics. That was almost a back to basics team, wasn't it, on on Saturday afternoon? And what he was asking him to do was head it, kick it, and, and and try and play a five yard pass, which they were incapable of doing at Fulham. And and I think that's what he got. Can he go out and do that against Spurs? No. I think he'll get picked apart by Bournemouth and then you go to Newcastle, you've got Man United. So he's going to need to rethink it a little bit in the next in, in the next couple of days ahead of Spurs because I think he'll have to tinker with it. I don't think he'll need to make the wholesale changes, but he's definitely going to need to play that midfield dynamic. But it served a purpose, but long-term, it, it is interesting in terms of it, he's almost semi-backed himself into a bit of a corner here now. Because... Yeah, and, 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 you know, before you carry on, sorry, like, obviously, yeah. I kind of moaned about it, but I am glad he changed it because, he had to, like didn't I said he? at the start, something had to change. That yeah. wasn't me saying the manager, that's me saying the team we've been saying it for ages like something had to change like Turner as well sorry bringing Turner in yeah like in games like we were just doing like for like swaps and there wasn't a lot changing in games either and I just felt like something something had to give like you you did have to go back to basics you know I didn't expect it maybe to the extreme that it's come but I get it after the five nil so I am glad he has changed it but as you said there it can't be that can't be it now. Like you, you can't just go with that and think that's that's the way we're going to get success this season because you're asking you're asking to just you're be in trouble. trouble. You are asking for trouble, yeah. And I think for Steve Cooper, he, he he's you know he was given the backing for Wolves. He's gone in there. He's changed it up. The performances and the results have not been good. And and I think you you you've kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of where where I think we all are. And I think certainly where the the owner finds himself in terms of you said yourself you sat on the fence. You can see pluses and negatives on both sides of the argument. I've been quite forthright, and I'm not going to change my opinion right now, but I've been quite forthright, and obviously I kind of run our socials, so anyone who follows us on social media will know in terms of the overall feeling from this pod is that we are very much still behind Steve Cooper. But I also do see it from the side of, you know, certainly maybe post-Brighton, you started to get those concerns. I think the Everton and the Fulham performance specifically have, have, have kind of maybe started to ring those alarm bells a little bit in terms of we've seen 
performance levels now drop off. So if you're not seeing a level of performance that you, perhaps you can pick positives out of even in defeat, that's when you do start to get concerned. And I think the performances that we saw in those two games have started to, to raise those concerns. And I think that's probably where the ownership finds himself now in terms of where do we go from here? You know, you, you've got to be so thankful and grateful for what Steve Cooper has done for this football club. But you've also got to look about what's, what's around the corner. And there's so many arguments about that. I've, seen, I've heard so many pundits talk about Steve Cooper. And, and I was watching something on Sunday where they're like, I can't even believe now that this is a conversation, which is something that I said two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But, but two or three weeks in the Premier League of football is a lot. And I'd say we've seen a lot in terms of performance-wise in that period. I don't think we're at that point where we shouldn't be asking the questions because one win in 12, three wins all season. Forrest has spent a lot of money and, and, I, and I do genuinely believe that this squad is underperforming. On the flip side, you want Steve Cooper to do it. You know that Steve Cooper can do it because you know that Steve Cooper had to reinvent that side two or three times over last season and he knows how to keep a team in the league and he's proven that he's able to do that in short spells and turn form around in short spells and get results. I suppose it all boils down to, we've talked about this a lot on the pod, what is the aspiration for this season? What's the owner's aspiration for this season? What's the fans' aspiration for this season? And does it really matter anymore? Because are we now in a point where we are in a relegation battle? So in reality, you know, those those grand ideas of finishing top echelons of mid-table, etc., are they now gone? And is it just about finishing 17th? Yeah, I mean, I would say, Chris, this is probably the most wary I've been about doing a podcast since we started doing it, apart from the first few that, that we've done, because, I mean, those few, because we didn't know what we were doing, and now now, <laughs> we, still now, we, now we don't know what we're doing with confidence. Um, yeah, yeah. But I was wary about it because I think this is the most um, most divided our fan base has been since Cooper was in charge. And what happens when you get a divided fan base is that people become dangerously stubborn with their yeah. opinion. So you have one side that are dangerously loyal, and I stick by that that is a danger and that will have yeah, a danger, ultimately yeah. bad effects on the football club if the inevitable happens. And then I think you have other people on the other side that have dangerously made their mind up and, and that impacts the now. And the now is what's the most important, you know, before what happens next, because the now, you know, that that's what we have, we have to focus on. So mm. it's the it's the hardest one because people are looking to, to, to choose a side. But the truth is in life, it's not black or white. You know, you can still want Cooper to be manager because you love what he's done. You've loved the last two years. And you love everything in terms of how he represents Nottingham Forest Football Club and what we represent, and and that kind of you know icon in terms of in terms of everything we appreciate. But you can also have the opinion that let's face it, you know I support Nottingham Forest and the results are not good enough. And and you know you, when you start arguing this, people start going, well, what about this? What about that? That's probably why I'm in the middle. People will want a oh, you've sat on the fence, like, choose a side. I ain't picking a side because I can respect and appreciate Steve Cooper and want him to prove me wrong and want him to beat Spurs and want him to beat Bournemouth, 
you know, and, and, and save his job and Forrest go on to have a cracking second half of the season. But I can also look at everything that's happened so far and they're the only facts that I've got yeah. for the season and know that um and know that, that everything's not been good enough. In terms of, you know, have my you're saying does my expectations or do the fan base expectations kind of affect whatever decision we make on Cooper? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think, you know, maybe there was a a heightened expectation. There was an excitement. You know, it's the same last season when we first got up. I'm not saying anyone expected us to be like smashing it last season, but there was a little bit in the press about our oh, Forest aren't going to be no mugs and maybe they could do what some other promoted teams have done and not finish anywhere near that bottom three. But I think we knew last season was always going to be a struggle. Expectation was risen this season. That that naturally will have an impact on what your thought is in terms of the, the job the manager's doing. I stick by with, you know, Regardless of expectations at the start of the season, Forest have played, in my opinion, their easiest set of fixtures that they've had, they will have all season, and they haven't delivered. So, mm. so that that is where my concern comes from. But we all know that Forest are such a weird football club that anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. You are right. And look, there, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I, I do agree with a lot of what you said. Just to go back to the expectation point, I think if the expectation, and I don't think there's any problem with the expectation point being, you know, Forest being, uh, you know, happy to survive again this season. Uh, because we've, we've second, it's called second season syndrome for a reason. Second teams in this, and it does feel a bit like that, where we're kind of in this. You know, you've not got necessarily the the euphoria and the excitement of last season. I think expectations were were heightened. A lot of pundits, even only three or four weeks ago, were saying that Forest were, were nowhere near in trouble. It was just going to be one of those seasons where Forest can see it out. I mean, performances have been so bad that, that obviously now Forest find themselves in a slightly different position. But I'll repeat, it doesn't take a lot for Forest to get themselves back into that middle part of the table and, and it moves themselves away from danger. You know, they've got to put a stop. They've got to go and get a, a run of performances, a run of results. That that doesn't look like it's around the corner, I'll be honest. But it is a weird game, football. And as you said, Forrester are a weird club. So that can happen. I, I, I do agree. Look, I don't get the sense this time around that, that necessarily the support for Steve Cooper in the stands is a fan base that is necessarily trying to save Steve Cooper from the sack. I got that impression a lot last season after those games, you know, after Leicester and obviously after Leeds, etc. I did get that impression. I think this has been more of an appreciation. I think there is a bit more of a realisation from the fan base this time around that that results do need to change and they need to change fast. And if ultimately, I think both the Fulham and the Wolves reactions were about saying thank you and having that special bond that we've still got. And I think it's amazing just to echo your uh, sentiments a, a while back. I think it is amazing. It was picked up on as well in the national press about, you know, Forest fans and their support and love of Steve Cooper. And quite rightly so. And he deserves all of that. And I know he said he didn't deserve it, but he fundamentally does. This has been the best two years I've had supporting Forest under, you know, under Steve Cooper's watch. But I think there is a realisation that results do have to improve. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm now of an opinion of, I love Steve Cooper. I would love nothing more than Steve Cooper to go on a run and still be the manager at the end of the season. Because if Steve Cooper is manager of Nottingham Forest at the end of the season, Forest would have had a decent season. And, and that's kind of where I want it to be. We have had people in our social group that have talked, you know, on, on WhatsApp last week. They were saying, well, you know, 
I'd keep Steve Cooper no matter what, because if we got relegated, there's no better man to bring us back. I think that's nonsense in reality, because yes, maybe, but to your point, I support Forrest. I want Forrest to be a Premier League football club for as long as it can possibly be. And I think all this blaseness about, well, if we go down with Cooper, we'll come straight back. Don't work like that, does it? Because 23 years would suggest that it ain't so easy just to bounce straight back. And and I think we've got to to be careful with that. And I think there has got to be a realisation. I think... Steve Cooper's thought to himself, any mate, that there's got to be a realisation that results have to pick up. And I think if results don't pick up over the next two or three games, then I think that this all goes away because the decision will ultimately be made and we'll, we'll all have to move on and live with it. But I think we are on that knife edge. Where I am, Percy, is I want Steve Cooper to succeed. I'm still backing Steve Cooper to succeed. I actually think he'll, he'll, get, he'll get something in these next couple of games. And long may that continue. But if they were to lose to Spurs and lose to Bournemouth, and maybe even one more might might be enough for the, to, to persuade the owner to make a change, it would be hard to argue against the owner, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, the simple truth of the matter is it's a headache. It's an absolute well, headache. I mean, like, I, I, I think, you know, you just said there, I don't think the fans are just... Um, blindly supporting him to stay but but uh, are just giving him appreciation. I think that was the case after Fulham but I don't think that was the case after Wolves. I think again there's been a shift in in what the um you know the rhyme and reason for people doing stuff. I think there is now that kind of you know there's a group that are are being loyal and and definitely just want him to say I mean you just said there we've got people we know that that are doing exactly that. Um but you know and, and and that's what I'm talking about in terms of the divide. I mean, I don't feel, you know, I, I have sympathy for the for the owner, which I know a lot of Absolutely. people in this, in this circumstance will go, why, why? Like, he's the one who's, you know, putting the noises out in the press about him. You know, that's the way they do things. And I don't necessarily agree with that either. But I, I have complete sympathy for him because I think he likes Steve Cooper. I actually, you know, regardless of whether the relationship is rosy, which, you know, if you read certain articles, apparently that's not, you know, apparently, you know, that relationship isn't 100%. But I do think they've been brilliant for each other. You know, I think Marinakis and Cooper, whether they want to accept that or not, have actually been really good for each other. I think Cooper's, you know, brought outside to Marinakis that I didn't know that he had. I actually think Marinakis has brought outside on Cooper in terms of pushing him and driving him to be better and better as a young coach. I genuinely think that to be the case. Someone will say, oh, you're talking nonsense, but that, that's my opinion. I think he's got the biggest headache because I think he, he he probably likes Cooper, but he certainly knows the fans love Cooper, but he's also the owner. He's also spent X, regardless of whether you think that was enough to, to keep, you know, make Forrest a higher place team than they were last season or not, you know, his aim ultimately is to just try and improve this club year on year. He, he said it before, you know, he said when he came in, we accepted mediocrity and he's probably thinking the same right now. You know, he's probably yeah. thinking you're willing to just back someone because you like him, but you're accepting not, you know, not to the level I would accept. And there's reasons for that and there's context with that because of the, the loyalty and love for Steve Cooper. And as you say, rightly so, but it's an absolute headache for him. I, I wouldn't mm. like to be in his shoes because it is, regard whatever he does, he will get blamed. Yeah, you know, he will. If he, he will. keeps Steve Cooper until the end of the season, he'll go, well, you're the owner. Why did you listen to us? You know, you should have made a change. You're, you know, you're, you're the owner. You know, you're a footballing man. You should know. If he sacks Steve Cooper, 
regardless of what happens, it, it'll get slated. You know, even if the yeah. new manager does does all right. Um, yeah. So it's it's a, it's it's hard either way. I actually think he deserves credit for backing Steve Cooper. Uh, yeah, it would have been easy for the owner to to lose faith in Steve Cooper last season on a couple of occasions, and he didn't. He stuck with him. We've gone into that at length in terms of why he stuck with him, but it doesn't matter. He stuck with him. I think there's probably early points where, you know, people would probably have expected Marinakis to already have pulled the trigger on Steve Cooper, and he hasn't, and he's got another game in Spurs. So I think he, he deserves credit for backing him. He's backed him in the transfer market. You know, he's been given the, the, the tools to do the job. Um, people will argue whether Steve Cooper wanted some of those places. It doesn't matter. You're like, Steve Cooper has been backed. Steve Cooper did want more and more players. You know, the one argument I can't, apart from last season, but last season's been and gone, you know, this summer, <clears throat> Steve Cooper was asking for players right till the very end of that window. Yeah. Uh, you, you you can read read the interviews. You know, he yeah. wanted those players. So, again, I love Steve Cooper and, and I'm back in our OP brews, but we can't use that as an argument. No, and, no, no. And, and no. I almost think, you know, the, the one slant I will put on it is, is, I get. I think the main reason, even though people aren't necessarily saying this too much, it's not the loudest argument I'm hearing in the room. You know, people are people. If anything, are, are being, uh, you know, are scared of Cooper going because they're scared of what happens next. That's the truth of it. Because no one yeah, knows yeah. what's going to happen yeah. next. They're scared. Sometimes they, it's the better the fact, devil you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And the facts are, you know, this this is going to be harsh because I know there's arguments about this as well. But necessarily our managerial history before Steve Cooper wasn't fantastic. So you know, wasn't as bad as some people make out. I'll argue. That's one for another day. But you know, that's that that is the main thing. Even though people might not be allowed to say it, they'll say about X, Y, Z promotion or that. They're scared about what happens next because none of us know what's going to happen next. And we've seen managers go that fans love and clubs do well with, and and they fall on their arse. Let's be quite honest. But yeah. I've also seen examples of clubs getting rid of managers and, and spurring on to the next level. You know, I, I actually think if if Steve Cooper goes and they get another manager, they'll they'll probably remain about where they are, maybe in the short term. So it's an well, interesting they will one. Do looking at the fixture list, but yeah, I, you've also got to add into the mix here Crystal Palace. The Crystal Palace, you know, the, the rumour is that they are sniffing around Steve Cooper. They also want to sack Roy Hodgson and, and they will pounce as soon as Forrest sacks Steve Cooper to put him in charge at Sellers Park. That will also be playing on the mind of, of, of the ownership, I'm sure, because obviously he'd rather Palace have to pay Forrest a handsome fee to, to, to get him in and, and not have to therefore kind of pay him off. But that, I mean, look, that, that might be a stretch, but there's so much there's so much in the melting pot here. That, that, that for, for owner and obviously manager to, to consider. But I think we're in agreement with one thing, and we even joked, didn't we, in the last couple of days before doing this pod, that there is a little bit of fatigue in this. And I think you used the term fatigue at the start of the pod. I think we're all getting a little bit bored, bored of this constant one game at a time, is it, isn't it, that we've kind of adopted over the last couple of games. And I think... One way or another, whether it's to, to end with, with the board coming out and backing Steve Cooper in the medium term, nothing's long-term in football, but certainly from a medium-term point of view, 
that either needs to happen or 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 Forrest needs to make a decision and, and, and move on and, and, and Steve Cooper be relieved of his duties because this isn't healthy. And, and let's be honest, we've got Spurs on Friday, which is going to be incredibly tough. If Forrest lose that, as many would expect Forrest to do, what's the conversation Saturday morning? Are we then going to be talking about another 48 hours of what if, is it going to happen, before we then go, no, actually, we move on, he gets Bournemouth, and the cycle continues for another week. Because that's the drain, isn't it? It's a drain on the players, because the players won't know whether they're coming or going. There'll be players in that dressing room that will be wanting Steve Cooper sacked. There'll be players in that dressing room that have come out and said they don't want Steve Cooper sacked. That's a divided dressing room. That's not healthy. It's a divided fan base, as you've talked about. There's so many differences of opinion. Forest were great last season because they were a United club if you like both on the pitch and off the pitch this season it doesn't feel that way ultimately this has got to come to a head hasn't it yeah but I don't see how it can you know I don't see you know you know your question probably more at the end there is the decision has to be made on Cooper which 100% I don't think it can carry on uh, the way it is it, it is unhealthy it's it's not normal again I, I do feel sorry for Maranakis because whatever you know, decision he makes, he'll be called outrageous at some point. Um, but, but you know, in terms of it coming to a head, in terms of the divide, I think everything that's gone on will will now cause a divide for a little while, which is a shame. The only thing that, that stops the divide is that results dramatically improve in an unrealistic fashion. Um which I, which I think is an awful shame, you know. I, the the divide I think now is is it's almost like we're talking about Big Brother here, the divide in the Big Brother house. But like, um, I, I really struggle to see, especially over the next few months, how how this divide goes, unless, like I said, the the unrealistic happens and things dramatically change. I I stick by what I said. I think if you're picking a side. You tend to be stubborn with with that side until you're either proven right or, or completely wrong. Well, you've um, teed it up a treat. You've teed it up a treat. How, how do you set up for Spurs? Then? How does he set up for Spurs? How does he change it? Because let's be honest, Spurs are uh, Spurs have been going for a really bad run of form themselves. They've got a number of players injured, but they've still got a cracking side. Right, we've got the return of Brandon Johnson as well. Forrest, I, I, I watched both the Spurs West Ham game where obviously Spurs. Went went ahead and and lost in true Forest uh, style that afternoon or evening rather last Thursday and then obviously they 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 took Newcastle to the cleaners at the weekend and looked really impressive I think that finished four one didn't it so Spurs are a dangerous outfit Forest have got to show a bit more adventure than they did away at Wolves but it's a real tricky one right because you go too far the other way from Wolves and you get a tonking and the conversations are different beast entirely on, 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 uh, well, I was going to say Sunday, but obviously on Saturday morning. So if, I wouldn't want to be stick. Well, I would kind of would, but it's a tough one for Coops, right? This one. It's a tough one. I mean, it's funny. I was speaking to one of the Spurs fans at work and, um, I not, said the, to him, not the miserable one that we know. The miserable one. Yeah. And, um, which is funny, actually, in terms of what I'm about to say next, the miserable one. Because um, I, I said, you know, up until very recently, there's something, and, and you've said the same, to be fair to you, I'm not going to steal your thunder, probably you've been more forthright with it than I am, in terms of you have the same feeling about Arsenal as well, towards the back end of season. You know, you all I've banged on about that fixture. for three months, by you the did, way. Yeah, you made sure it. everyone knew about it and all. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, 
But the the Spurs game, you've kind of I've always looked at it and gone, I th- you know what, I fancy something there. And it's not even the recent form of Spurs. I know they've just been Newcastle, um, a Newcastle that were half arsed and I hardly had any legs, may I just say. But they did just beat Newcastle. But obviously, recent things kind of get into your mind and, and you kind of go. Ugh. I don't know now. I don't know now. Um, but he was saying, he asked me how we were going to set up. And I said, I think he'll stick with about five. And I think he'll do a low block. God, I hate that term. He'll, he'll do a low block and and uh, sit back and, and just try and do what we did best all last season and, and, and counter. And just, you know, basically have about 10% possession and try and win the game 1-0 or 2-1, whatever it will be. Um, and he said, well, if you do that, We'll lose. Easy, but he is miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs fans. Um, um, And I think he will stick with the bat five. I think he will stick, but I think the personnel needs to change. You know, that's it. I'm happy with the bat five. And I'm happy with the bat five. And so on, we knew said, a lot of people on the, on the, um, on the Twitter, I was going to call it, on the X, whatever you want to call it. God, I'm like a six-year-old man in a 28-year-old's body. Um, But, like a lot of people saying, oh, but his bat, bat fives, his preferred formation always has been. No, it hasn't. It has been when he's been at Forest because he came into a club that ultimately Stephen Reid changed it to a, to a bat five, three, whatever you want to call it. And, and Jed Spence tearing it up down exactly. the right. He five, couldn't yeah. put Jed yeah. Spence at right back. And he's kind of stuck with that um, and kind of tried to make that our identity. But actually, when he was at Swansea, that wasn't necessarily the case. And I think that's why he's tried to revert back to kind of a four at, at Forest and try to get the personnel now we're in the Premier League to play what, what his preferred, preferred formation is. But I think he will revert back to, to the back five now. I, th- I think he yeah. will. I think that's the. I think that'll be the tactic now. But I think you have better players in that team. And that's no offence to anyone who played on Saturday against Wolves and, and got the point and stopped the rot. And, and everyone's massively appreciative of that and how much effort you could see they put in. You know, I'm not the biggest Nico Williams fan in the world. We know that. We joke about it all the time. You rave about him and I roll my eyes. But he had a fantastic game, fantastic performance. He was top class. But he has to change the personnel for this one. Otherwise, even if you go to a back five, I, I'll i be watching the game through, through my fingers. So, yeah. He'll play a back five. The back five works. I, I don't see too many changes personnel-wise, if I'm honest with this, which I'm sure we'll we'll have a few people groaning. But I'll be watching the game through my fingers then, Chris. I, I see one change only, and, and I see potentially Danilo coming in for Coyote in that midfield, and, and, and that will be the one change. He will want to play Alanga. Look, for, as frustrating as Alanga might have been in both of those games, um, over the last couple of, couple of games, Spurs play such a high line that having Alanga's pace to get in behind them will will cause Spurs problems. Whether he can stay on side himself will be interesting. But I think he'll, he'll play Alanga and Gibbs White in a front two again. I think, you know, he'll go for the tried and trusted in terms of Yates in midfield for his legs. I think he might have Danilo helping to break from midfield and Mangala. Mangala's Mangala, right? And then the back five, you can't you can't drop Nico and Toff. They they select themselves and the, and the, the three at the back probably do as well. And I think Turner deserves to keep his place. So I, I think he'll go. I think he'll go go again. And I think it'll be a back five. And I think we'll probably see one change. And and. I agree. I think he'll go for for ten fifteen percent possession. Forrest will look to hit Spurs on the counter, soak up pressure, 
And if Forrest is to, do, to win it, it'll be by the odd goal. But I, I'm convinced, by the way, on this one, that Forrest win this. And, and it is no more so than just a gut feel. And, and there was a couple of games last year. The other one I said, and I'm not just bigging myself up here and being a, a, a dick about it. But you, you, but you get the sense that for some big games, for big opposition, Forrest is just going to turn up and get some. I also said the same against Liverpool, if you remember last season as well, where, again, Forrest had no right to win that game. And they'd just come off the back of a really bad run. Obviously, got that draw away at Brighton where they had to battle. Dreadful game, that was. And then they go and play Liverpool at home and they get the three points. This is the type of game that Forrest will go and win. The one thing I'll say is, God, the fans have been on their own backs all season about atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's one thing we'll know about this one, regardless of whatever side of the coin you sat on or you sat right on the edge is you're still spinning it around. Maybe you're one of them like me. But it'll be the loudest. It'll be the most chaotic atmosphere, I reckon, we'll, we, we'll probably have at the city ground all season. Um, yeah. Because I think there's just, you know, there's just so much going on. Like, you know, inner anger, like people arguing with each other, I reckon, it, I reckon it'll be a raucous atmosphere. My only worry about that is if we lose, then it gets even more raucous. Yeah. But you know, don't worry start, about that. you know, in terms of in terms of the atmosphere and building the players up, I think it'll be the best atmosphere at the City Ground all season. It will be. It'll be good. I, 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 all jokes aside, I am, I am going to predict the Forest win. I'm not going to give you a scoreline because I think it'll be a one nil or a two one ultimately. But what are you going for? Well. Actually, I know what I'm going to say here because... No, I said this, I said this. No, no, did I not say, whenever I've predicted us to win, this has been the problem this season, I blame me. Yes, 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 I know you're saying. Very positive this season until until now, people are like, bloody hell, I'm the miserable Spurs, I'm like the miserable Spurs fan, we're cut from the same cloth. But, you know, I've been positive this season and look, look where it's got us, so I'm going to be miserable. And, and hope for the best. And I'm going to go three, one Spurs. Oh, it's gone a bit too far for me, but yeah, no, um, that's, that's fair. You know, you have been saying that. You have been I saying, well, look, I could have said five nil. It's going to be another interesting night. Forest have appointed a set piece coach. We haven't got time to talk about that. We'll perhaps talk about that one next well, week. Well, where I'll tell you about bloody time. Yeah, yeah. when Forest have scored a hat trick of free kicks or something, um, we'll talk about that on on, uh, on on Monday's pod. But no, thank you for that. It was good. Apologies again to everyone who, who, who regularly listens for the delays pod. We will get our arse in gear and get back to Monday so we can say it was due to illness. But um, we will be back at the more regular time of, of we'll drop the pod on Monday next week. But thank you for everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. I know there's been a lot of chat on, on the Cooper debate over the last week already. So um, you, you might have had enough, but hopefully you've enjoyed those thoughts and opinions uh, from both myself and Tom. Um, we like to say we'll be back on Monday. If you want to get in contact with us, I know a few of you have, and it's really appreciated. You can email us at timeadedonpod at outlook.com. Give us a follow on X at Time Added on Pod. And as always, give us a follow on Spotify and Apple. Please leave a review. Um, I enjoyed that, Tom. Hopefully, it's a, a good weekend. We've got Noel Gallagher tomorrow night so, uh, yeah. to get us in the mood. So that'll be quite good. I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, yeah, three points on Friday night. And we will see you all next week. Come on, you Reds.